Hi, my name's Max, and welcome to an episode of MiniThink. Um, I've called it MiniThink because this is just an interview with myself before I decide to go abroad and document my time in Spain. So whilst this will be similar to Rethink, um, it's not recorded with the same equipment, unfortunately. So I hope this all sounds fine, and I guess that you're willing to listen in to what I have to say today. So, what I want to talk about today is something that I've kind of largely forgotten about until now. It was only when I really thought about it that the situation I ended up in and the things I went through as a 14, 15 year old was actually very, very stressful and difficult. And this was a situation that hadn't even happened to me, it was just one of my friends at the time. So, because I want to retain this person's anonymity, um, I'm going to be talking about a childhood friend of mine who had an experience with a child groomer, or rather a sexual predator, a paedophile, Whatever you want to call them, that's what they were. And obviously, I will put the content warnings out here now that there will be mention of sexual intentions towards someone who is underage and therefore a minor and a child. And also, that may distress people, but this is the truthful and honest experience I had when I was 15. So, where to begin? Gosh. I guess I should provide some backstory first. So, me and this girl, let's call her Alex to preserve her actual identity. Me and Alex did a lot of uh, martial arts together. We both joined a martial arts group and it was kind of our way of making ourselves stronger and different, in a way. Um, Alex was the sort of person who, in school, was considered a problem child and kind of... There was always something going on with her family and her home life really wasn't the most stable. I remember I only knew fragments of it because... I'd say me and Alex were close, but in the way that we were mates, but not, you know, really close friends or, like, best friends or anything like that. Alex was someone that I got on with on and off. We had our own personal differences and stuff, but I it's not really about my relationship or friendship with Alex. It's more about what happened to Alex and how I ended up involved and what I had to talk about and discuss when I was still very young and immature myself. Uh, as I already said, um, me and Alex did martial arts together. Um, I'm going to try and keep this as vague as possible just in case anybody listening understands who or what I'm talking about because I really, really don't want people to hassle her or ask her questions or anything like that because it's her story and her kind of 
trauma to share. And this is more about how I saw it and how it was for me, well, as someone the same age as her, and kind of seeing this all unfold. So we had a tutor. Let's call him Robert. So Robert was one of our um, co-instructors at this martial arts group, this martial arts class. And Robert has lots of experience with children. He's taught children before. He's been part of this martial arts group for far, far longer than me and Alex have. Me and Alex have been part of this for what? Maybe about a year, probably probably a year and a bit tops. And this guy already had his black belt, was already a certified like instructor and assistant instructor, and you know, very well trusted and very well liked by people. So me and Alex went to this martial arts club probably about twice a week. I went maybe three times a week, but Alex always came twice. And she was the sort of person that a lot of people would can would well say very nasty things about, you know, her sexuality or her sex drive and how she was and stuff. It was presumed that she was very I guess had well it was assumed that she slept around a lot. Let's that's I'm sorry, there's a, there's no other way to put that. And Whilst that wasn't true, obviously a lot of people in our school and in our class kind of got this in, uh, impression of, you know, a rough, quite abrasive young girl who was very sexual and very out there. But I think what people forget was that she was still 15. She was still very much underage. And this is something I'm going to emphasize because she was underage and the instructors knew how old she was and that she was a junior, still technically classed as a junior. Um, it was very, very clear and very obvious. It must, there's no way the instructors couldn't have known that she was on, like, couldn't have not known she was under 16. There was simply no way that they could pretend that she was older because, you know, when we signed up, we filled out all these forms saying how old we were when our date of birth was. So... And she, we were both still in high school at the time. We were both in year 10. So, and when you're in year 10, you are 14 to 15 years old, usually. So it's quite clear that Alex was a child. So I thought I'd just preface that first because Alex and Robert had... Well, they developed a very unusual relationship. Um, Robert worked in schools, uh, as well as teaching children on martial arts on the side. He did that voluntarily. Um, but him and Alex, I noticed every time we were coming to class that they were quite close. But in a bantery sort of... You know, they'd make jibes at each other, tease each other, and I never saw it as anything aside from being kind of friendly or being jokey like you would with your mates. Um, you know, it wasn't unusual for, for me to tease Alex about 
certain things and hurt me. So I didn't really see anything unusual about it apart from she spent more time talking to Robert than she did to me and her other friends at this martial arts school. Like, and, you know, I kind of realised that people can have other friends outside of me and so it didn't really bother me. It was more of a a passing observation rather than anything to be worried or to look more closely into. Um, so outside of the martial arts school, there was obviously a couple of get-togethers that the club had, so, you know, just the standard, we'd all go for a Christmas meal or we'd go and do competitions together as a school and things like that. And this guy, Robert, was quite established in our martial arts community and our certain style and uh, regulating body of martial arts knew him and granted him a second dan, which is one up from your first black belt, which is first dan. So he was well known. And I remember thinking something was off when Alex... I guess after a few months of them kind of training with each other more in the class and, you know, teasing each other and stuff, Alex stopped coming to certain sessions when she knew Robert was going to be there. As in, she would message me and say, Hey, do you think Robert's going to come tonight? Like, do you know if Robert's going to be there? Do you happen... Do you happen to have any idea? And of course I didn't. I didn't really speak to many people outside of Taekwondo class, unless we were in class. I kind of kept that and my school life separate. Um, mainly because I was embarrassed that I didn't think I was good enough yet to like flaunt the fact that I did martial arts, because I just wanted to protect myself, and I didn't think I was in that place yet. So I didn't really tell people that I did martial arts. It was just something I kind of told my parents, and my parents supported me doing so. Um... But I found it very strange, and obviously I would tell her if she didn't come, and like, um, we start, she started going to, um, the same martial arts class, but just in a different location, because she knew Robert was never usually there. Robert only came to, like, the, the classes in our local hometown, rather than the ones slightly further afield, like, you know, a couple miles away, about a 15 minute drive, really not that far. But she stopped coming to the ones in our local town and she would always ask me oh was Robert there can you like and if he was she'd ask me things like you know what was he like and is he okay and that confused me more than anything because I was thinking there's this adult he's like in his late 20s probably early 30s why are you asking me if he's alright how would I know I'm 14 like <laughs> And honestly, I kind of wish that had been a red flag for me sooner because I kind of just thought it was a bit weird. But again, I thought nothing of it. And so I grew to accept that Alex wasn't coming to our local classes anymore, but I'd still see her in school and I'd still see her at the other classes. So it was kind of no big deal. But then about... Three months after I guess I started noticing that they were particularly close and about two months after she'd stopped coming to the local classes she 
kind of dropped off the face of the earth entirely when it came to martial arts. You know, I'd message her being like, hey, you coming tonight? Or, you know, do you want my dad to give you a lift? Or, oh, one of our friends is driving out. You know, one of our friends' parents can drive us. Do you want to come along? And, like, you know. And she would either never reply or she'd reply afterwards saying, oh, sorry, I wasn't feeling very well or I wasn't wasn't feeling it today, sorry. Or I've got a lot of schoolwork to do. Didn't really want to come, to be honest. And I thought, well, okay then. I just assumed her interest in Taekwondo was just going, you know? It's kind of... Um, I just, yeah, I just assumed she wasn't into it anymore. I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, martial arts isn't for everyone and this type of martial arts isn't. I was like, oh, cool, well, I'm, you know, I'm glad you came with me for the first year so I wasn't so alone and we learned stuff together. You know, I wish you were still here because then we could progress at the same time and wouldn't that be cool? And... It was kind of like the one thread I really, really had in common with her. Apart from that, me and Alex were almost two completely different people. She was very brash and open, and at the time I was very timid and meek because I had no self-confidence, whereas Alex was, you know, exuberant, and I actually quite envied her quite a bit for being able to be herself, even though she knew some people didn't like it. And whilst other people saw her negatively... She didn't seem to care, and that's something I envied a lot about her. I mean, she probably did care, but she had a great, great, like, appearance and facade of just not giving a damn what people thought. So I did find it weird that she didn't want to come to Taekwondo anymore, but I just assumed, again, maybe it's just a hobby that she didn't think was for her anymore. So, again, I didn't really talk about it with her. kind of thought, oh, well, okay then. But what really struck me as weird is during that time, or just after she'd said she wasn't going to come to Taekwondo anymore, or she kind of made these excuses not to come, um, Robert started avoiding me. As in, me and this guy had a teacher-student relationship, I only interacted with him when we were, like, paired up, or he was leading part of the class or something, you know, it's... I wouldn't say I had any sort of personal connection to him, but I saw him, like, markedly avoiding me, as in when we were doing pair-ups and stuff, instead of being paired with me, if there was no one else left, he would pretend, he would feign an injury and sit out. Whether he was actually injured or not, it could just be a very, very frequent coincidence that whenever we'd end up being paired up together, he kind of refused to have any sort of physical contact with me or feigned an injury or went to the bathroom and didn't come back for like 10-15 minutes making the whole exercise you know redundant but yeah Robert started avoiding me and that's I think when I thought hang on have I missed something here is something going on and I didn't confront Alex about it. I knew Alex had some quite severe mental health issues and she was quite distressed and she was going through a lot. So I didn't really want to add to her plate and be nosy and be like, hey, do you know why like Robert's avoiding me? And I you know I didn't I saw no reason to ask her and I also didn't want to ask her because I didn't want to upset or distress her. So I kind of just accepted it for what it was and just thought, oh okay, this guy must think I'm a bit smelly or something then like he is it like something on my face is it like the way I look is it the braces like what's what's this guy's deal what's his problem 
but I didn't really care in a way because it was just some random guy that just decided, you know, for all I know, I could have just been really, really sweaty all the time and, you know, that's not pleasant for anyone, so... And I didn't really think nothing of it, I just thought it was a bit suspect. I just found it very odd that this was all kind of coinciding at very similar points, which was the only inkling I really had that something was going to happen or something had happened. So the summer of that year, we're talking 2013, no 2012. So I've just turned 15. Alex is going to turn 16 in October, but Alex is very much still 15. We're still, we've just finished year 10, so there's no way she is 16. Um, in the middle of the night, I received a text from Alex saying, Robert's messaging me and I don't know what to do. That was all she said. And in the morning, I replied back, well, what's wrong? Are you, are you alright? Like, I didn't see the issue with him texting her. I thought it was probably harmless. Like, maybe he was just asking her if she was okay and why she hadn't been at practice. Or, you know, if there was any... If just, you know, something... Prof I thought it'd be something professional. But... And then I received a reply, not even, like, two minutes later, saying, It's fine now, I've sorted it. And we didn't speak about it when I saw her in person, we just pretended it didn't happen. It was quite obvious she didn't want to talk about it. She made sure that she was never alone with me, that we had a couple of friends around, so I couldn't really ask her. And, you know, we kind of, I kind of let the conversation slide because, well, so what if an instructor had messaged her, like, Sure, looking back now, I'm like, that's wildly inappropriate. But at the time, I didn't have that sort of perspective. But it happened again a few days later. And I got a... Robert's making me really uncomfortable. What do I do? Essentially was her words. So I said, Okay, can you tell me what happened? It's alright, I won't tell anybody. I just want to know what's going on and that you're okay. And it was a, I'm not okay. Robert's saying some really weird things. It's very creepy and I don't like it. So I asked her to send me over the messages. Well, first I asked her if she'd taken a screenshot and then she said yes, but... I deleted some of the texts he sent me, but I've still got the Facebook messages. And I never asked her why she deleted the messages. I think she was probably embarrassed or felt like that I would, you know, well, basically victim blame her or, you know, shame her for leading him on or something, which is something I would never have done, not even, you know, when I was very inexperienced and immature when I was younger. That's something I never would have done, but I think she, yeah, she was ashamed and embarrassed that this was happening to her, so she didn't show me the texts, which I found out later were more explicit, but she sent me a screenshot of Facebook messages, and at the time I told her, okay, can you just block him for now? I'm going to take these screenshots, and 
let me look through them and see what you should do. And I looked through these screenshots and they start off very harmless, just, oh, hey, didn't see you at Taekwondo today. Are you okay? And then there was a kiss, like an X, at the end of each message. Which I then thought was kind of strange, but I thought maybe that's just his writing style. Like, you know, it's it's kind of like, you know, I end all my texts, I ended all my texts and messages with Alex with, like, kisses. So I was like, mm, well, that's not weird, weird enough by itself. And obviously she was sending some back with kisses as well, too. So I was like, mm, okay, then cool. And he said something like, Oh, how about we do a, a competition next time you come to ta uh, to martial arts? Oof, I almost said the yeah, martial arts then. Oopsie. <laughs> but to get back to serious things, he said, how about we have a competition next time we do an exercise or like number of press-ups or like, you know, like a tag race or something next time you come to a class? And she wrote, yeah, sure. Just casually, flippantly. And he said... So, if I win, what will you do? Or what will you give me? Kiss, kiss. And she kind of just sent back, like, what? And sent question marks back, like, well, what do you mean? Like, if you win, what do you want to join? Just to clap and say, well done? I think was kind of her response. It's just like, well, you'll get a congratulations from me then, and you won fair and square. And... His response to that was, no, I was more thinking of, if you, if I win, perhaps we can get to know each other a little better. Um, maybe you can give me a hand job. Maybe you can suck my dick. Uh, I apologise for the language. That was... The exact thing he outright said to her. And then he wrote, But if you win, I'll give you some private training lessons. I'll give you some one-on-one -on -one time with me. Or we can have sex. And that's what freaked her out. She thought their relationship was, you know, bantery, teacher, student. And yeah. She sent kisses back to him, and she was ashamed and embarrassed about that, which is why she didn't want to tell me in the first place. But there's nothing wrong with that, and that's something I had to tell her a lot at the time. Like, it wasn't her fault. She wasn't soliciting him or leading him on or anything. This guy had to know she was 15, and that he outright propositioned her. But if he won these competitions or if he performed better than her in class, then basically he wanted her to do sexual acts with him. And that's bad enough by itself. That's horrifying. To read that, I was like, whoa, what the heck is going on? What? Like, this guy doesn't seem like the type at all. And he had a fiancé. So I was thinking... Where on earth has this come from? Like, what the hell? And, yeah, it makes it worse by the fact that, obviously, it's horrible and it's horrific and kind of horrifying enough as it is, but the fact that he had a fiancé 
who he was due to get married in a month, who actually went to the same classes as me and Alex, and she didn't know. Or, no, there's no, she couldn't have known. And, you know, she was around the same, like, you know, level of martial arts as, as me and Alex. So it was very, very odd and almost horrifying to have to come to the classes after that. Even when he wasn't there, well, he, he stopped showing up for a while after he'd messaged Alex that. And from Alex's tone and message for me, that was not the only ones he'd sent to her. It was the only ones that she had kept on my insistence. So there were probably worse things that he tried to say, but I had to go to these classes, look his fiance in the face and pretend like I didn't know that he was propositioning underage girls and trying to get them to have sex with him. And that was tough. That was really, really tough. And I was in a situation where I'd been told this horrible, gruesome, personal thing that she was clearly embarrassed about, that she was ashamed of. It's quite obvious looking back now that she blamed herself. You know, she probably blamed herself for the way she looked or the way she dressed or the way she acted. You know, there was a lot of blame when she was talking to me. There was a lot of embarrassment and shame. And I had this burden that no one else could really know about. Because she trusted me, not because we were close friends, but because I knew Robert too. I was the only one that could probably truly empathise and understand it from her perspective, you know, being the same age, knowing knowing her and knowing him and knowing his fiance. Like, I was probably one of the only people, I probably was the only person she could confide to. But what I did was... I said to my other instructors, my main instructors, so Robert was only like an assistant instructor, only stepped in when the other instructors were on holiday or whatever, or they couldn't make it, or they were too ill and things, or they had competitions and stuff they were going to. I remember emailing them and saying, hey, I need to talk to you after this class. It's a pretty, pretty serious thing. And yeah, after that class, about you know, about four days later, so almost as soon as I could tell them, I said to my instructor, let's just call them Connor. So I said to Connor, hey, so Robert's been sending some really weird things to Alex and I don't really know what to do, but I thought you should know because he's an instructor and he's with children. And he's and the reason Alex isn't coming to, and the reason Alex isn't coming to to, uh, to martial arts anymore is because he makes he's made her really uncomfortable and I'm really creeped out about it. Let alone like never mind how Alex feels. What should I do or what should we do? Because I confided in a trusted adult and Connor said, "Okay, well." Can you pass me any evidence that you have? And we'll take it to our safeguarding team. Because he knew Alex was underage. Robert knew Alex was underage. Everybody knew Alex was underage. 
and that none of this was appropriate, especially in a teaching position and in a position of power that's definitely, definitely inappropriate, only made even worse by the fact that one of one of the other fellow students was his fiance. So it got passed on to the club's safeguarding team. They've got like a national, they're like a national chain of clubs. So, but what happened after that was that it didn't go really to, it didn't go to the safeguarding team like Connor had told me. It went straight to the police. And Alex hated me for it. Alex felt like I had dropped her in the pot, you know, gone behind her back, because I told her, okay, I'm, I'm going to tell Connor about this because I think he can help, and at the very least he can keep Robert away from you and, you know, make sure you're alright. You don't have to go through this alone, and I know you probably don't want to come back to martial arts, but I want you to have that option, just in case you want to take it. But she hated me because the police got involved and she didn't particularly want them to be. And I understand her reasoning now because she was afraid that she wouldn't be believed. You know, he was this well-respected, you know, worked, worked with children all his life. You know, almost 30-year-old man with a fiancé and, like, you know, a good future ahead of him. And she she was just this 15-year-old girl who the police knew of that had, a, I guess, a where the police knew of her family and knew how unstable her life and home life was. So I think she was largely afraid that they wouldn't believe her. And basically she resented me for the fact that it went to the police because of me. But the police offered her full anonymous witness protection because the screenshots of him literally asking her for sex got passed on and he got arrested in a, in a couple of days. I remember one a few weeks later, the police, well, there was a knock on, our, on my parents' door and the police were there and they were asking for me. And I thought, oh my goodness, like, what have I done? I haven't done anything illegal. What's going on? Why, why do they want to talk to me? And then that's when they said, can we anonymously interview you about what happened and what you know of what happened between Robert and Alex? And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Like, it doesn't have to be anonymous. I don't really care. I'm, I'm going to say what I know and do everything I can to make sure that Alex is all right and Alex is safe. Even if she, you know, resents me right now, she was still my friend. And even if she wasn't my friend... I thought nobody should have to go through this and suffer and just, just because they're embarrassed, like, that's, that should never be how it works. But because I was also under 16 at the time, um, the video interview I had, I had to be blurred out and my audio had to be distorted. But they asked me a lot of questions, a lot of context about, you know, what had happened and what I would saw and what I thought of the situation. I, it, the two questions I clearly remember being asked these are the ones that have stuck out with me to me even after all this time one of them being did you think it was a joke and I said no absolutely not I think he was trying to put it or say it was a joke or kind of 
pretend it was a joke or make it appear like a joke so he wouldn't get in as much trouble. I think he was 100% serious. I think he knew of Alex's perceived reputation and perceived, like, I guess, sexual openness and tried to take advantage of her. And then the second thing they asked was, do you think Alex reciprocated in any way? Do you think Alex... Well, basically, they asked me if I thought Alex had led him on. And I said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because he clearly knew she was underage. There is no possible or feasible way he could not have known she was 15 or younger. And, I, and then after that, that's why they... that After that, they dismissed that question because it was not appropriate because propositioning a child no matter how old they are doesn't matter if the kid leads them on you're still propositioning a child especially when you know that person's a child so they asked me how you know how how did Robert know that she was underage and I mentioned that you know when when we signed up we had to give our dates of birth and he would have known how how young we were from the you know the type, uh, the martial arts group we were in and from the fact that she was still in school and I told him she was still in school he definitely knew she was still in school so there's and that she was in year 10 so there's no way she would have been fit, like 16 or over so that all went through they took a statement from Alex, and we never really spoke about the elephant in the room ever again. But what I did get told, obviously, Robert was suspended from being able to interact with children. Um, he was never allowed back to the club. Um, and it was kind of just said that, you know, he's not practicing martial arts anymore with kind of the official vague cover story that uh, Connor said to the rest of the children because you can't exactly say yeah one of them is a one of your instructors was a suspected sexual predator like i can't imagine that would look very great for the you know the club's reputation and everything like that so but i knew around about a few months later when well we're in our last year of high school we i find out from alex that Robert had been arrested, Robert had gone to court, and he'd been charged with solicitation for a child, but not to the extent of soliciting full sex. It was soliciting, um, basically trying to solicit oral sex was the worst charge he got put with. And that means that Robert was put on the child sexual predator register but only for five years. Usually it's longer, but because even though he wrote in this message full on sex, he managed to convince the jury and the judge that he meant it as a joke. His whole defense for this horrible situation was, I didn't really mean it, and I'm sorry. And because the judge said he showed clear remorse, because... Um, trigger warning suicide and suicidal thoughts because Robert shortly afterwards tried to end his own life the judge deemed that remorseful enough that he didn't deserve a custodial sentence so all Robert got was a job loss 
put on the child sexual register for five years, which means at this point in time he's already off it. Um, and during that time he's not allowed to work with children, so he kind of just lost his job, and that was pretty much it. That, you know, he'd, and he wasn't allowed to contact me or Alex or anyone from the club ever again, even if we were of age and stuff. And, like, at the time I was furious because I thought, well, just because a guy's tried to take his own life doesn't doesn't mean that he shouldn't be punished. Like, I was very, very harsh on the guy. I thought, well, you've pretty much given him a lighter sentence because you're con- you've, he's convinced you that it was all a joke, and it clearly was not a joke. From the way he was writing it and the way he was persistent, but they didn't have enough evidence because, sadly, Alex got really embarrassed and afraid and deleted most of the messages, but... From the messages that I'd given them, it was proof that he'd been persistent enough. But, well, yeah, according to the court of law, it wasn't. And it really, really frustrated me. Uh, And this guy got full anonymity. He, I think he moved away and, like, nobody knows what he did. Apart from me, Alex, my parents, probably Alex's family and our instructor and it felt all grossly and vastly unfair that all of this had happened and the only thing he basically got was like a slap on the wrist for five years like obviously it will stick on his record and he probably won't ever be allowed to work he worked with children again but he's not forbidden to work with children and that's what concerns me it's about the you know it's an expired sexual offense like you know sexual offense register and i don't know if that means that you can never work for children or what but obviously if it was a more ongoing thing then he definitely definitely couldn't work with children but i worry now that there could be the possibility that he still can now you're probably thinking well you mentioned a fiance before what happened about that she found out when he was arrested clearly and she stayed with him so they got married he got his happy ending and my friend got traumatized and you know what good for him he's getting on with his life and stuff and i felt sorry for his fiance at the time but she clearly loved him and is staying with him or felt some obligation to stay with him so you know what fair enough she didn't seem to particularly care that he was a registered child sex offender and that he'd been soliciting a child. I mean, he probably told her that, you know, she was encouraging him or something ridiculous. Not that I know. That is all purely speculation, of course. But he must have said something that convinced her to stay with him. And, yeah, they they get get their nice little life, I suppose. Obviously, she never came back to martial arts class. I mean, she only kind of really went because Robert went. It was kind of like a, well, she may as well go because, you know, Robert was so invested in it and came and had been doing it for so long. So it's like, oh, she may as well come along as well. But it, I've always wondered if she had known the entire time. Obviously, if she hadn't known, she would have found, found out as soon as he was, he was arrested. But 
it made me wonder when he was displaying all this weirdly, oddly teasing behaviour, which my child mind didn't really comprehend as like having sexual connotations, which looking back, I realised it did. It made me wonder if she noticed it at all. If she, I mean, it seems like the instructors hadn't noticed because it seemed like a very sudden revelation. It just made me wonder, did she ever have any suspicions? Did she ever know? And, you know, did he downplay what he'd done? Is, is she okay? Like, but then again, this is all things that happened in 2012. This is, well, seven years ago now. But I wanted to tell this story because it's part of what has shaped my perception of the justice system. And... Whilst I thought it was grossly unfair at the time, I understand they gave what they thought was appropriate punishment, and I'm not in a position to be like, no, that's not fair, or whatever. I've never practiced the law, so... Obviously, I just found it frustrated because it felt like they'd kind of dismissed my friend, but they hadn't. They'd still punished him. So, you know, this guy still had his life upended for five years, so you know what? You know, he got what he was meant to get, I suppose. He got his due for what he did and what he said. But it really, really frustrated me the most was him pretending that he didn't know that Alex was underage when there was copious amounts of evidence which showed that he, like, absolutely could have known and obviously knew. And that just frustrated me that... He tried to kind of pin the blame on her. And the police asking me whether I thought she started it was not appropriate. It didn't It didn't matter. Even if she had been over 16, it didn't matter. He made her uncomfortable. He tried to proposition her. And based, you know, and that's not appropriate. That's just never appropriate. Especially if they're not into it. Like, you know, it's... It was never an appropriate thing, and I think the reason I say this is because I think we've all had those people that we know of or those people in our lives that we think are, in a way, very loose and open women. And I want to put it out there that that doesn't matter. That should never matter when it comes to situations like this. Whether, how sexual or how, you know how sexually active someone is or is presumed to be or isn't should and never, yeah, never should matter when it comes to situations where it concerns things like potential assault and risks someone's safety and solicitation. Like, and it really upset me to see Alex blame herself so much. Because there wasn't much I could say to her. I wasn't her closest friend. I'd say we were just that, friends. But I do remember telling her, you know, it's not your fault. He he knew how old you were. This is not anything you've done. Like, this will never be your fault. But, and she had a really rough time. She, I know she hurt herself quite a lot in the process and became very miserable and withdrawn and everything else. And like, it was hard to see her deteriorate so much. And to hear the nasty rumours going around school that she just had a bad sexual experience or something. And, you know, those 
baseless rumours end up being very hurtful. So I guess my, well, my summary for this is it doesn't matter how sexually active someone is or you presume how sexually active someone is. It That should never matter on your perceptions of a person. Please do not use that to make a judgement on other people. It's their lives. They can do what they want. They have their own choice and agency. We should not judge them for that, ever. And that judgement can do a significant amount more harm than just, you know, a few whispers or just some, like, silly gossip. It can be so much more hurtful and impactful than that. And it especially was in Alex's case. So, if you got anything from this recording, it's... Look out for your friends. If you know any people that are underage or underage that you think might be at risk or showing some suspect behaviour, be there for them. I was lucky I could be there for Alex because she told me. I doubt in any other circumstance she would have told me. She probably would have gone to literally anybody else but me. So, if someone tells you something like this, don't blame them. Don't think it's their fault. Don't ask if... if you, if they, you know, led someone on or whatever, that's not important. So, yeah, that's that's it from me. Just be there for your friends. Look out for younger people. It's not always clear cut, and it's never ever the person who's underage's fault. It's not their fault, especially when people know their age and you know, their experiences and stuff. It's definitely not their fault. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Please don't shame people. <laughs> and I hope this episode's been rather chill and kind of given you, an, I guess, an insight into what my life was like before I came to Lancaster. Um, thank you so much for listening, if you've been listening thus far. And I hope you have a great day.